Welcome, everybody, to Locked On Lakers for a Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, lot to talk about, lot to cover uh, in today's episode. LeBron James, Andy, he is on the shelf at least for Thursday's game against the Clippers and Friday's incredibly pivotal game against the, the Portland Trailblazers. LeBron's not going to play in either one of them and possibly – after that, we're not sure. Yeah, uh, news broke, I believe, from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski um, that it's possible he could end up reading right now from this report. It is possible James could miss more games. Source says he works through the discomfort in his ankle that kept him out six weeks until a two-game return, blah, blah, blah. James and the Lakers will continue to evaluate the injury and will proceed cautiously as the Lakers ramp up for the postseason. Sources said James has experienced some trouble making hard cuts and exploding since his return from six weeks on the sideline with the injury. Yeah. That's a big, I thing. have those, I have those problems and I am not injured. So <laughs> I, I, I feel for LeBron. Um, so obviously a lot to cover with, with LeBron and the news there. We'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the bench specifically Markeith Morris in our second segment, who has uh, the same number of three pointers following that Utah game on April 17th, uh, as you and I do uh, zero since that uh, he's missed the last 23 three-pointers that he's taken. It's not good. Uh, so we'll talk about Markeef and kind of the the supporting cast at large um, as as the, the Lakers go forward. Like, who do you trust? So we'll we'll get into that. And finally, Andy, this really is, I think, the even with LeBron news, the most important thing that happened today. Anthony Davis had an AMA on Reddit. It went poorly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like... You and I are only starting with uh, the news about LeBron because we're attempting to be professional-ish with the show, and frankly, we're new. And like, I think we're still being listened to by David Locke. Like, he's checking in on what we're doing. Play the big stories, the big news. Like, all okay, it's LeBron. He's going to miss games. Right. Technically, that should be first. Word up to you and I. Not only would we lead with the Anthony Davis AMA, I'm not even sure we'd get to the LeBron news. We we would leave it for the. No, it would be three segments of of Anthony Davis's AMA. Three segments. We'd probably go long. I was going to (laughs) say. I think we would go long. And then a bonus segment because my God. We probably like Law Murray is coming tomorrow to to, uh, preview the Lakers versus Clippers. We'd probably spend half the show talking about the AMA again with Law Murray uh, from the Athletic, who covers the Clippers. This thing was it really went badly. (laughs) Yes, it it really, really went badly. But Um, it was interesting though. Fascinating. Yeah, it it went badly in ways that probably got somebody at Ruffles fired. (laughs) <laughs> I feel bad. Like somebody, somebody is out of a gig. Um, but anyway, uh, so we'll get there in our third segment, despite the fact that we believe that's burying the lead. All right. But reluctantly, we uh, we turn back to LeBron. Of course, uh, before we do that, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. I hope actually it's the person who approved that A for uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, but we'll see. I, I had been thinking about it. but a late entry, perhaps, for that person. Because man alive, did that provide some content? That person um, could use some good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, on the dole, but at least I was the <laughs> ultra player of the week. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, was it after the Toronto game that LeBron, you know, we, we learned yes. that LeBron was hurt? Okay. 
And he said, like, the only way you can find out if you're coming back too early is by trying to come back and play. And he felt good in in uh, in his workouts and through that first game and all that stuff. And obviously, in hindsight, I guess it was too early. But the Lakers are going to miss him for for the Clippers game. And they're going to miss him for the Portland game. It puts, even after the Denver game, you know, that big win, it kind of puts the whole play in game scenario right back into it if he's going to miss for, you know, two, three, four games, perhaps. Well, I mean, th- this upcoming game against Portland could very well be what decides whether or not mm-hmm. the Lakers end up in that game or not, because they, they are currently, as of this recording, one game ahead of Portland. If they can, if they can manage to win that game and avoid a complete collapse beyond that one, they they probably can manage to keep that six. Because they'll have the tie that gives them the tiebreaker over Portland if they win that game. But it is going to be super tight. This thing could end up getting really hairy. And and it's funny we talked about this Brian on Tuesday's show. Like I I kept wondering against the Raptors when LeBron was going to be looking to put his stamp on on that game because he was out there and he wasn't playing badly, but it felt like he was just sort of there and not really taking over and, and, you know, really controlling things the way we've become accustomed to with LeBron. And then the fourth quarter, he started really getting more aggressive and then he ended up coming out. And it it explained a lot in that moment, especially with uh, the extra uh, insight from Woj and those details, like, He's at a place right now where he can just have that type of burst, those type of cuts, just in little pockets of the game. Like it's it's not as extreme, and it hurts. Yes, like it clearly yes. hurts a lot. And it's you know, and he we went out. What was weird about it is he went out for his at his normal time and just didn't come back. And so there was no single play where you go, uh oh, like you know when AD hurt himself the second time. There was that uh oh moment where you're like, well, that's not good. Um, and. You know, we didn't get that with LeBron, so it, it was a bit of a surprise, I guess. Um, they're not going to have Schroeder like that is a that's already baked in. And despite what we saw against the Nuggets on Monday, which was a great effort, and I'm not trying to, but they only scored 93 points, and it's difficult to play defense like that all the time. Like you, the, the Lakers still have a very small margin for error when LeBron and Schroeder don't play. Um. You know the the scenario where they are passed by both Portland, you know, by Portland, where Dallas, who they're tied with, um, you know, going into into Wednesday, it's very real. And I was thinking about like you know we I've spent so much time focusing on the potential for disaster by being in that play in, which is true. It's like one hundred percent true. Weird things can happen. You don't want to be in it. The bigger, you know, as big of a benefit of, of finishing six as opposed to seven is you get a week off. Like, do you think the Lakers could use a week off? I do, heading into the first round. That could help them. Um, so not only do you avoid the potential for disaster of that play, and you also get time to practice, time to heal, and good God, do they need it. Well, I mean, I think you're going to see in this game, just like the the onus on guys like Caruso and, and THT who THT, are now absolutely. who are now charged more with with making plays from the backcourt. Also, I think Marcus Saul, who at this point, I, I, Frank Vogel, you have to really start questioning what's going on with him if Marcus Saul is isn't regular now in the rotation. The playmaking from those guys really needs to be elevated and on point, but just also collectively, these guys have to start taking care of the ball. 
Like they managed to win against Denver despite turning the ball over 20 times. They've done this a lot over the course of the season. They had there was a brief period where they were starting to do better with this. But even last year when they won the championship, they were often exceptional. No, they were they, they turned the ball over. The ball. They turned all over way they, too they, much. They can't do that. I mean, no. not, this period now where literally every game has become must win, they have to control the things that they can control. And I've often said the the Lakers, I've never uh had this stat verified for me by, you know, like Elias or somebody like that. But they lead the league in avoidable turnovers. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if that's something that people, but it sure seems that way. Uh, but the, I, I just, I think your point about, and, and you know, about the burden that that puts on Caruso on THT, who had I think five turnovers um, the yes. other night against Denver. You know, like, but you know, it, it is a difficult situation to put those guys in. But like, they don't have a second point guard that they can go to with Schroeder out, LeBron, who is the point guard, out. You know. THT is really the f- he's the fourth guy, but now he's got to play, and so that is a, a difficult spot for a twenty year old. Um, and if the Lakers are going to to tread water over this last stretch of games, you know, if LeBron misses more than a couple, um, it's going to be in part because THT stepped up in in, in this moment and, and and like you say, took care of the ball, things like that. Um, Let's get a little bit deeper into the into the supporting cast, starting with Markeith Morris, who, as I mentioned at the top of the show, hasn't hit a three-pointer in like three weeks. Um, it's getting really ugly for him offensively, um, kind of ugly for the supporting cast generally. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Michelob Ultra, and it is time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And Brian... Come on, Reddit, 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 Reddit. Second place for the Reddit, <laughs> but we are going to go with Mark Gasol. Tuesday's win against Denver, 10 points, seven rebounds, two assists, including an unreal full court length pass to Wes Matthews. He was the quarterback, El Mariscal de Campo, which I just recently learned is quarterback in Spanish, plus his typically strong defense, plus 17 and 17 minutes. I guarantee if you ask Laker fans, who should win the award? It would be Marcus Saul, and it's perfect for Marcus Saul. Plus, he gave us a lot to talk about, which we always yeah. appreciate. Yeah, I mean, look, he embodies the Michelob Ultra spirit. He plays with joy. Joy leads to success. Plus, it's only two point six carbs, ninety five cal's, which also feels appropriate no, for Marcus Saul. And we up. will, yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, yep, again, Marcus Saul, the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? So, uh, Markeith Morris, Andy, is over his last twenty-three at least. I, you know, he he, had th- he hits two three-pointers against Utah on April seventeenth. I don't know when they came in the game. I'm just no. I just know he's missed his last twenty-three in the game since then. Um, uh, Brian, would you like to hear uh, some numbers for Markeith Morris in his last ten games? Uh, nine games, I should say, because one of them he missed. But over the last 10, 19 minutes a game. He is averaging a robust 3.3 points per game um, mm-hmm. on a very healthy 22.2% from the field. Uh, you mentioned that he is struggling to uh, hit the old outside <laughs> shot, Brian. Um, he is, <laughs> this, I swear this is not a typo. I checked this a bunch of times. <laughs> he is shooting 6.3% <laughs> from behind the arc. Wowza. I mean, the plus side is he is shooting 80% from the line. Well, I, but... I was about to say, you went back far enough to get one of his three pointers in there, which I think he probably appreciates because you have to go back 
if you don't, if you only go back like seven games, you're not, he's going to, is, you know, Mr. Blutarski 0.0. That's going to be his three. So at least you went back far enough to get the, uh, the two for eight, I suppose, against Utah. I mean, that is just ugly. Yeah. Now look, he, Markeith Morris shooting 6% from three point range is <laughs> I mean, suboptimal. I am yeah. not, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. He is more useful. He can still provide defense and a little bit of rebounding or something. It'll make you know more than like say Ben McLemore, who literally has zero value if he's not just burying three pointers all over the place. Um, that's not it's, but that's not enough. Like uh, you, you can't use Morris when well, he's it, playing that. Yeah, uh- poorly offensively what's interesting about this too like I I was looking up some of the advanced numbers on Morris and his net rating over the last 10 games is positive and it's actually gone up over the last five when he's been struggling even more from outside but like it's a reminder that numbers be weird man well I was gonna say you and I both you know use advanced metrics we you know we, we at this point like if you are if you're one of these people arguing about you know like analytics and stuff. I mean, you're just an ass at this right. point. It's, just, it's, it's information, people. <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, though, context matters with these numbers. And some of this with Markeith Morris, as much as I do believe he has value as a glue guy, as somebody that does not make a ton of mistakes and somebody that can help a group as a whole, some of this is also going to be the timing of mm-hmm. when he's out there versus what he's directly doing. Right. One really good stretch, you know, where, you know, you're not necessarily, it, it, it's still small sample size theory, you know, when you're only playing, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game. But either you know, way, nine though, in the case of the Toronto game. But either way, though, when you don't have LeBron, when you don't have Dennis Schroeder, like it starts just putting a strain on the team mm-hmm. overall, the more guys who really just cannot find a way to contribute offensively. I mean, well, you, it, it yeah, and it, it also it, and it shines a light on why these guys are role players. And this is not meant to be disrespectful to Morris. It's no, he know, was incredibly he, value last year. Uh, valuable right, last year in the playoffs. And, you know, and it's not he's not supposed to be somebody you're leaning on. He's supposed to be somebody that you look up and go, and they like, and they got 13 from Markeith. Like, man, when the Lakers get 13 from Markeith and LeBron's doing LeBron stuff and AD's doing AD stuff and you know whatever, like 13 from Markeith means the Lakers won by 11. Um, and that, that gets to, I think one of the problems with this injury pileup that the Lakers have had is it's put a lot more stress on supporting players. And even if their minutes haven't gone up in ways that seem significant to fans, the leverage of those minutes, um, has, and so they become more important. They become more stressful. And I think, I think Trez hit a wall in part because his minutes went up and the intensity of those minutes went up even especially given how hard he plays an extra eight minutes a game. When you play like Montrez Harrell does it, it takes the, 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 you know, takes gas out of the tank. I, it, but it, it, for me, it raises a larger point of the supporting cast. Generally, I don't, I, I have not given up on the idea that somebody's going to contribute once the playoffs roll around. I just don't have any confidence that I can pick who that person is going to be or people in this, in the way that KCP, who was kind of all over the map a lot last year was really good in the playoffs. And Morris, who was terrible uh, pre-bubble, was really, really good when they needed him in the playoffs. I don't know who that person is going to be in the playoffs for the Lakers this year, and it needs to be someone, especially if you think, Andy, that 
AD and LeBron might need a little bit more help this year than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to figure out because you don't know the health of those guys. You don't know when Dennis Schroeder is going to be back, much less how long it takes before he starts playing at an acceptable or level. You know, dropsy or something. I, like oh my that. god! I the mumps. <laughs> like just just pick everything requiring a vaccine, and you just start becoming worried about him. Yeah, but like you know. Montrez Harrell, you know, obviously we saw the issues that he had last year in the playoffs. But the flip side is, if you're not relying on him to, you know, to be able to soak up important defensive minutes and you just need him to be able to score in bursts, is he going to be put in a position to do that? Also, I actually wanted to ask you about this, speaking of Trez, and this was something uh, I was talking sure. about uh, on Twitter at Cam Brothers with uh, Cranges McBasketball, a great follow, a guy that really knows how to break down the numbers. The By idea the way, it's not of, his Christian name. No. Um, if, if oh, are you of the uh, the Martha's Vineyard McBasketballs? <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if Markeith started struggling to the point where you, it didn't even feel like the little things justified him being out there. You know, like a guy right. that could just grease the wheels. Do you think that you could play him and Gas- uh, Trez and Gasol off the bench together? Yeah, Which I mean, is, by the way, a look. I don't think we're sure essentially we've seen Gasol this year. plays the, but Gasol plays the four offensively and and the five defensively. Yes, like yes, sure. I think offensively, I, I, I don't, see, I don't see why not. Other than Trez in space, um, I mean, he struggles as a center defensively. What's the difference? Well, but be, uh, a lot. I mean, in terms of where you are. I mean, I think offensively it could work. Defensively, it would be a little, a little bit hairier. I just meant um, when I when I say what's the difference. I understand the difference in terms of the assignments and your responsibilities and the potential uh, the potential effect of struggling at the four versus struggling at the five. My larger point is just they've managed to deal with. Trez as somebody that needs to be covered. Sure, on you can some protect him. Right, you can year. protect him. That's I, all I mean. I mean. Sure, I, I there they may have to, they might have to try it just because they're running out of dudes right now. Um, yeah, I I, I I think so. Um, I would have loved to have answered this question in game thirty six as opposed <laughs> to game you know sixty eight or sixty nine. Yep. Um, but you know this is the world we live in. I but like so, what? Who would you say? You know, before we get to Anthony Davis's AMA, uh, so you know we can be brief. If you had to pick two guys that you trust who aren't AD and LeBron, and even we'll we'll pull Schroeder out of this because he's you know I think their third best player. I think we can agree on that. Who else would you pick? Like, who are the guys that you actually kind of trust? I have two in mind. I trust Kuz. I think Kuz, absolutely he's been very consistent this year. Kuz has been very, very good this year, and mm-hmm. he's really, really leaned into what has been asked of him. Mm-hmm. As far as the other guy, being, I just want to be like being productive, even when that outside shot isn't falling, which by the way, it's falling more this year well, just, than it was last year. But just, I was just, I, I'm agreeing with you for, yeah, for that reason. Who else the, would you say? If AD and LeBron are healthy, and able mm-hmm. to play and able to play in you know even 85 80 to 85 percent capacity of what we saw last year then i actually trust kcp because i okay. think kcp in a lot of ways will go as much as those guys allow him to because i don't think it's an accident that kcp's most consistent 
uh, stretch last season, you know, I mean, for other than an ugly opening, KCP was pretty reliable for most of last season and very good in the playoffs, in part because he was playing alongside LeBron and AD, and that defined his role in a way where he could really just do the things that he excels at and stay away from the stuff where he struggles. The other guy that I actually would trust, um, assuming he's actually willing to put up some shots, is Gasol. Is Mark Gasol. That's exactly yeah. who I thought of for my second guy. Because uh, I feel like you know exactly what you're going to get. I mean, guys uh, like... And it's, guys, and it's consistent from game to game. Guys like Caruso and Wes Matthews, I trust those guys, but it's 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 a I different... I trust him. I, I, if he's if he's put in a position where he doesn't necessarily have to score, he's reliable. I mean, he's one of those guys where his ceiling is low, but his floor is pretty high. It's it's a room where the floor and the ceiling are like you got to crawl through that room. No, it's, it's, like, it's like, that room and being John military Malkovich. crawl. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even sure the ceiling's that high. It's the eight and a half floor, but, yeah. but you understand what I'm saying. I, I do. Mean, I do. Wes I, just, is a pro. I think. I, I that's true, but I, I think his value really is tied into being able to hit shots, and it's just it's a, I, yeah I don't say it, but I was I and we can we can we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about this, but I Gasol was the other name that was in my head, and it's so just the context makes that kind of an interesting answer that we both came to. Um, all right, we've reached that point where, uh, quite frankly, I wouldn't have blamed anybody for just fast forwarding straight to the third segment. Anthony Davis had an AMA. On uh, Tuesday, it went just catastrophically bad. <laughs> I mean, people will be talking about this for a very long time for all the wrong reasons, and we'll do it next. First, I want to tell you the Locked on Lakers podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Andy, I'm a person. I'm a snacker. I like to snack. I'm like constantly walking back and forth from, from my desk to the refrigerator during the day while I'm working. I need something that I can eat that's healthy. But it's got to taste good too, and that's Built Bar. It's high in protein, but low in sugar and low in calories. And the improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. 18 flavors to choose from, including six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. I particularly like the cherry barcia. A Built Bar can also calm my sweet tooth because uh, they're coated in 100% chocolate. And unlike some protein bars, they're actually soft and easy to chew. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order. Yet That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all of the action at Bet Online. A lot of sports action on the go right now. A lot of Lakers action coming up. Uh, Probably ooh. a prop bet in there. Will Anthony Davis have another AMA? I'm saying no. <laughs> Get all the latest news, odds, info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, where, do, where do we start? With well, this Brian, because <laughs> oh my, okay, so 
It was announced uh, that Anthony Davis was going to be doing a Reddit AMA. Uh, the thread began with this very Which is personal... an ask me, ask me anything is, right. is what the AMA is for people who don't know. It was a very personal proclamation from AD uh, that read, quote, I'm Anthony Davis, <laughs> player for the Los Angeles Lakers and the original Ruffles underscore partner. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you really got a sense just off the bat that he was in a very particularly uh, open mood, yes. ready to get introspective, truly <laughs> <laughs> answer some questions. I feel like the not- subtext the subtext was like, you know, the full title of this was Ask Me Anything About Potato Chips. <laughs> Specifically mine. R- Ruffles no potato chips, please. Which also, <laughs> I mean, just to, to let you know how bad things got, um, there were people in this uh ama which got almost four thousand comments uh you most of which were filthy (laughs) can't can't be can't be read on a family show it devolved into such a train wreck that you actually had people upset that he wasn't taking enough questions about potato chips uh there, Mm -hmm. there was an exchange where somebody said ad uh, how many times a month would you say you actually opened and have eaten a bag of Ruffles? Then some complaints that he wasn't answering that, but other people started chiming in. He could eat two to three bags a week and it not make a difference. Amount of ball he plays and his size makes it so. Somebody then responded, that's a bleak ton of sodium. Somebody then responded, <laughs> one bag has 1,120 calories with sodium at 1050 milligrams compared to the total of 1,500, 2,000 milligrams recommended for average people per <laughs> Dave and somebody else noted, but AD is a 6'10 NBA athlete. He can manage two to three of them a week easily. Now, obviously not the jumbo bags. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. I don't understand why AD wasn't willing to dive headfirst into this thing. I mean, and this, I mean, but like there were some, I mean, I laughed at most of them. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm a child, <laughs> I mean, but there were some filthy questions asked and just absolutely so like i don't i don't know i don't amas are everybody does them it's it's not unusual to do that you know i don't know like normally is there a filtering option is there some sort of way to curate moving forward because people really leaned hard into the anything part of ask me anything including this question what are your thoughts on cleanthony early uh which i particularly liked uh, in your opinion, who are some of the tallest players around the league, both today and years ago? So, like, the trolls were out there. That's clearly a troll question, but that's a clever cro- troll question. Well, here's the um, thing, though. You had just this apparently unfiltered, unsupervised room that was, you know, just devolving into, like you said, troll questions. So you had half the people bitching that an NBA player invited everyone to ask him anything and then wasn't answering any questions and the other half pointing out, what the hell do you expect with the way you guys are just being trolling a-holes? You're never going to see right. another NBA player do this again. He he answered a few benign questions. I, said I learned that, that funny. he likes the sweet life of Zach and Cody, for example, on the Disney Channel. That was yes. one of the shows that he watched as a kid, which also um, made me old. If he could choose the uh, superpower between ability to fly, ability to teleport, ability to be invisible, he would choose teleporting. Um, he said it would be very cool if somebody could hold on to him and they could teleport together. Right, which also shows that Anthony Davis is not creepy because if any like just anybody who answers that question with invisibility is creepy. 
Yeah. You are a creepster. If you just, answer invisibility, you're a creepster. Teleportation would be super convenient. I think just, that is a great choice from Anthony Davis. Just go rent Hollow Man if you want any yeah. information of what a perv you are if you choose. If you, you, are a, you are at your core a, a pervy, loitering uh, voyeur. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just... I There was... So, um, in, in the midst of... All this plus a ton of Facundo Campazzo uh, slander, like of the of the uh, the the illegal screen that Campazzo was called on Monday that erased a Michael Porter Jr. three that I think would have put Denver up by a point right late, um, mm-hmm. and people wondering how uh, Facundo Campazzo at five foot one or whatever could knock over Anthony Davis. Um, there was a lot of that. It's about there leveraging was this- angles. Yeah, well, you know what? Actually, it was it really was an offensive foul, but that's not the point. There was a question here that I actually that amidst all the filth and all the Compazzo talk was was critically important. Go this ahead. from Give My Comments Gold. Ad, w- what would you rather fight? One LeBron James sized duck, or one hundred duck sized LeBron Jameses? That is a fascinating question. Oh, yeah. I mean, you and I put this out on Twitter, at Cam Brothers, and we sparked a pretty lively conversation among Lakers Twitter Mm -hmm. um, about this question. I feel like the answer is fairly obvious. To Um, me, it's completely obvious. What do you think? LeBron-sized duck? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You take that duck. I mean, it is intimidating at first glance, and duck's frankly can be mean SOBs at the end of the day it's still a damn duck yeah it's still it's one duck you are taking on the LeBron James sized duck I don't want any part of a hundred duck size LeBrons and here's here's where I think people went wrong our friend John Lee Brody you can follow at John Lee Brody um, he in this scenario he replied I think you're bleeped either way because if the 90s taught us anything it's that ducks fly together even if you're only fighting one LeBron sized duck the whole flock would be bound to back him up I guess that's potentially true but uh, that that is not in the rules of the of the question setup and somebody also suggested that you'd be fighting a duck with imbued with like LeBron James's intelligence and strength yes, and all that stuff absolutely also, but that's also not it's, it's this is just a gigantic effing duck no 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 i i actually i took this to mean a duck that has it's basically no, I took it to mean a six foot eight well, sized duck well here's the thing i don't care i'm I, still I'm, taking right i'm still taking the duck because a hundred duck sized lebrons that's incredibly strong incredibly fast a hundred of those things would overwhelm anyone. You might be able to pick off the first couple and you know kick at them or whatever, but they're going to start nipping at your heels. And they got LeBron's athleticism, LeBron's intelligence, LeBron's strength. Those hundred duck-sized LeBrons would destroy you. Oh, I don't care who you are. You have a much better chance of like sneaking up on that LeBron-sized duck and like getting on its back and like like putting a chokehold on it or something. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, you have to you, you have to treat this at its most literal. And like I said, I am treating this as not just a six foot eight, two hundred sixty pound duck. I am treating this as the it's LeBron James. Like I'm treating this as the LeBron James of, <laughs> of ducks. ducks. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm really embodying this duck with the essence of LeBron, and like. 
obviously that is not going to be a patsy duck. Like that is going to be a very, very formidable duck. But at the same time, like it's not Thanos. <laughs> and more importantly, there is no rule that says you cannot use a weapon against this duck. Like it doesn't have to be like a fist fight or a wing fight or whatever, it's whatever the hell it, it is. It just says fight. Right. A duck does not have hands. A duck cannot grab a weapon. But a hundred duck size LeBrons, LeBron's they could grab. Right. That's at least up to 200 weapons, one in each hand. Exactly. There's no, I mean, and it's, here's no. the other, there's the other critical part of it. When you take this question at its most literal, who would you rather fight? Like you, Brian Kamenetsky, you, Andy Kamenetsky, you, whoever is listening right now. And I guarantee for at least like 96% of the people listening to this podcast, you have no idea how to fight. You don't know what you're doing. Like not a clue. So just dealing with one big ass LeBron duck is going to be enough. You can't take on a hundred people. Like you're you're not even, Bruce even, Lee, even duck sized. You're not Jason Statham. Like you're not no. you're not one of these. And the fact people. that there's in this, this the fact that they're so little, I think is going to be is going to be a problem. Like even people who aren't used to fighting, I've been in a fist fight since second grade. But if I, but I really at least I like in my head I have like the mechanics of fighting a person who's like eye to eye with me. I don't know what to do. With with a bunch of 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 enemies that that are calf high. No, I guarantee a hundred of gonna, them. No, I'm you are going to end up overwhelmed like easily, like, like skinned like a piranha. Like just, oh yeah, like, it would it would be terrible. You take um, on that duck a hundred out of a hundred times. Period. Yeah, leave us, and you still might lose, but you're, you you at least you got a chance. Uh, leave us your thoughts at Cam Brothers. Uh, on the show page at Locked on Lakers, which, by the way, uh, people are having some trouble with. You can uh, access it through Stitcher and Spotify and everywhere you get podcasts. This is an Apple thing. It's not a Locked on thing. And uh, supposedly the, the folks at Apple are trying to fix it. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate your patience. Yeah. But uh, leave us your answers at Cam Brothers. And uh, be ready on Thursday. Law Murray from The Athletic will be joining us. Uh, super excited about that. One of the great young writers around the NBA does a great job covering the Clippers for the athletics. So that will be Thursday's show. And obviously on Friday, uh, you know, we'll, you know, Thursday and, and, and into Friday, you know, people will be thinking about those big games with the Clippers and the Blazers. And we'll see everybody next time.